Welcome to the CritCast. We're back to talk to you about the things that you'd love dearest and hold closest to you. No, I'm not talking about your family. I'm not talking about your loved ones. I'm talking to you about series. I'm talking to you about video games. I'm talking to you about movies. We're here to bring all that goodness directly into your ear holes. It's myself, Brad Lang, and my wonderful co-host, Darren Bontes, who also happens to be my boss, so I can't actually say anything horrible about him. You please say hello, Darren. Yeah, it's. I don't like firing you this early in the morning. No, no. Listen, I've been fired about five times now, if not more. Yeah, you just keep coming back. You're like some sort of unimpeachable roach. Yes, I'm like I'm like the the mold that's growing at the very bottom of your foot. <laughs> that's just. Uh, but oh. your foot, your foot in particular, Darren, because I know that you don't take good care of your feet. When was the last time you scrubbed the soles of your of your feet? Tell me. <laughs> Yeah, look, they are a natural, healthy, green, funky right now. So. No, 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 no. I need you. I need you to get into the shower. I need you to take some some. I can't remember what it's called. I think it's it's like a volcanic rock. I just need you to scrape them boys down. You know what you do? You take some uh, some vinegar. You rub it on the actual sponge, and you just sort of scrub it, dude. Like it's not 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 rubs, not rubs. Solid through line motions along the bottom of the foot. Yeah, but if if I do that, I'll lose my my healthy supply of mushrooms. Mm, okay that's you need to harvest them at some point <laughs> don't you otherwise they're just going to sit there and you can't actually use them for anything mm. hmm. Maybe this week we're talking to you about beauty tips welcome to the new <laughs> segment for the crit cast we're going to tell you how to be beautiful you, you, you know i was going to like start this off with some snarky comment about how we split up daft punk but this is somehow even even worse by like all of magnitudes this is worse because there are there are two people who shouldn't be offering you any advice on uh, how to be beautiful. It's neither myself nor Darren. My credentials on how not to be beautiful are that uh, I've been on uh, two dating apps for the past six months and I've got a single match out of both of them. <laughs> Ooh. If that's any kind of indication of the qualifications I bring to the table. Ooh, that's rough, buddy. That's rough, buddy. I'm so proud of you. You got it right this week. <laughs> Finally. Do you tell me your Daft Punk one-liner, though? No, I was just going to say something like, the, the Critcast, the podcast that's solely responsible for splitting up Daft Punk. Straight up. They heard us and they were like, listen, we need to pass the helmets on to someone, right? Like, this is just a... We've got some big helmets to fill. We do have some big helmets to fill. My helmets, I think they, they said this was shipped last week, so it should be getting here uh, maybe <laughs> Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm, I'm looking forward. I, I've never produced music. I've never made music. Uh, Can't be that difficult. I don't think it's that hard, right? I mean, what I mean, what does Daft Punk actually do? They just push buttons on a board, right? And then it sounds yeah, good. it's just a bunch of beep boops. You know, you just say there beep boop beep beep beep. Yeah, boop. and then you just have to do the uh, robots be successful. Yeah, exactly, all that. exactly. And then like Disney comes along and says, "Hey, we, we we're making a vaguely computer related movie. You want to come do the sound?" And we're like, "Yeah, I will come do the sound." What do you What do you yeah, want? Yeah, I suppose we could take time off our yacht. You know, hang out with all these supermodels. Just come do. Soundtrack for you? Yeah, I'll come to your soundtrack. Well, you want to soundtrack Kim Hots 4? Yeah, sure, we need that. It's not like I need even more money. Yeah, I don't even need any more money. Listen, I got... Listen, just last week I was making a soundtrack for Ubisoft and I said one of the games was good. I'm rolling it at Disney. I'll do you a favor on this one. Don't you worry. I have no follow-up to that. I, I want to say, I feel like we vastly uh, um, misrepresented who Daft Punk was <laughs> <laughs> as the great contributors to electronic music and just music in general as they are. But let's stop, Darren, let's stop talking shit. <sighs> Fine. Let's get down to business. Let's get down to what we need to be talking about, what we need to be doing. All right, lay it on me. Who's going first? Well, what are we talking about first this week? Well, we can talk about, I, I mean, okay, I don't mind going first. I can talk, tell you about Bravely Default 2. Yes, tell me about the video games you've been playing. Yes, let's talk about Bravely Default 2 because at some point I'm, we're going to need to uh, sit down and tell Square Enix that... Uh, they can't just keep producing games that have a vague adverb and adjective followed by a number for a name because it's not really a name. It's, it's just sort of a loose collection of, of semantic words, isn't it? But, um, <laughs> this is a very Japanese thing to like, just find random really English is, words eh? and put them together. It really is such a Japanese thing, which is actually perfect because like, this is one of the most JRPG JRPGs I've played in a long time. Like This thing is traditional, dude. Like This is... You know, people say this when when Final Fantasy VII remake came out, they were like, "Ah, this ain't your this ain't your granddaddy's Final Fantasy." Nah, <laughs> this, this this straight up is your granddad's JRPG. Like back on the snares, this thing would have flown. 
I mean, if the SNES could put out as beautiful graphics as this thing has. Um, I'm just picturing, like, your granddad sitting on his rocket chair. Back in my day, we only had slots for five mana potions. <laughs> Back in my day, we were limited to one limit break per combat. <laughs> I think granddad sits there with this glaze look in his face, the PTSD flowing over his eyes as he remembers the Ogopogo fight for one of the older Final Fantasies. Oh, my God. He's got that Creedus Clearwater revival music going through his The full flashback. So, Bradley Default 2 came out this week. I plugged about, probably I'm going to say about 60, 70 hours into it for review. And let it not be said that I do not uh, I do not put in the effort for this job because, wow, 60 to 70 hours of that game takes a lot. you got to build on that number, hey, because, good Lord, that game does drag on. Let me just let me just set up, like, the, the, the premise for you. You are playing as a party of heroes, and you get told that there is a devastating evil power that has stolen four magic crystals, and you need to go and uh, track them down through a range of different cities and towns, each one with their own uh, specific problem and characters. If that sounds like... It sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, it sounds it sounds pretty traditional. Yeah, it really is. Like, they're not really doing much to subvert expectations or break new ground with what a JRPG really is. It really... I think it's designed more to be a throwback than it is to be something standalone. It's... Well, to me, that, that, that makes sense. It's... You know, it's, it's, got, all, it's got all the tropes. You've got a bullshit menu that takes ages to scroll through you've got a lot of grinding to get to the right level you need to be to fight that one boss who can just all of a sudden one shot you out of nowhere that doesn't doesn't exactly explain to you like hey listen you need to like level up before you go into the boss they're like i cool get into the boss boss smash you cool gotta reload all the way back to the point just before the boss which it's such a pain it's a jrpg it really is through and through a JRPG. Uh, it's also got, uh, and apparently, a, a cool combat system, if I remember from well, the review. Well, novel. Yeah, novel, novel, novel combat system, yeah. Because I wouldn't say it's actually all that sort of, again, groundbreaking revolutionary. It's where the name derives from. It. It's You have two uh, actions in combat called uh, to default and to brave, which is sure. Let's just, let's just throw those words around like they mean nothing. Um <laughs> To de- when, you, when you default, you sort of like go on the defense and you build up one brave point. And then when you go brave, you can like spend multiple points, which are essentially actions. They're free actions that you can use in combat. So if, if you can have a character like your main damage dealer, like default for an entire three turns, and all of a sudden they can unleash four attacks in a single turn, which is a very powerful strategy to use for, for your party. It's made better by the fact that enemies can do it as well, which I think is probably even more interesting than the fact that you can do it as the player because it's much more challenging to work around someone banking and spending those points against you than it is against them because, I mean, enemies are predictable, right? By having this extra layer of, I need to watch that one because he's defaulted for two turns and I don't know what he's going to do on the third turn, makes that a bit more interesting, especially in a game where, you know, combat is about as stock standard as you could possibly hope to be in a, in a JRPG. You also mentioned that the way it does random encounters is both, you know, thrilling and incredibly frustrating. Yeah, so there's there's become a trend recently in, in uh, JRPGs where random encounters have gone because I think people realize that they suck. Mm-hmm. Thank God. So now what, now what, the, what you do is you'll, you'll be able to walk around the overworld and see the monsters you're fighting running around. And, you know, if they are a similar level to you, they'll run towards you. If they are a lower level than you, they will run away, which is a nice way of gauging how powerful you are in terms of the location. Run level. away, scrubs. <laughs> Basically, you can run around like the whole first, like the starting area. There's like a sword out wildly slashing and everything is just running the shit away. They don't want anything to do with you. There is nothing more satisfying than like having some, some trouble with some random trash mob monsters at the start of an RPG. Doing some grinding and coming back you're like, Haha, who's running there? Daddy's home, baby. Daddy's home. <laughs> <laughs> So, but that that which is a cool system, and I'm glad that more of them are are starting to adopt that. But like when it drops you into a dungeon and you're confined to little corridors, it's just pointless. You might as well just have have random encounters because there's no room to like maneuver around them. So they just run straight into you. Because usually when you get to a dungeon, right, you're at the correct level for that dungeon. 
So it's not like they're running away. They run directly into you. And because it's you don't exactly have a lot of space, you have to fight nearly every single monster on the way to the objective. And that's the biggest problem with this game, I think, is that it it is such a slog. It is such a pain to get through a lot of those dungeons, a lot of those encounters. Specifically the encounters. I don't think I've encountered this in a Japanese role-playing game for a while. You know, while the actual world is fairly, you know, it's stuffed with, with a lot of content that can be you know, fetch quests and, and, and whatnot, which is fairly time-consuming and, and not all that interesting. The worst part about it is how the encounters don't uh, scale with you, if that makes sense. Mm. So, for for example, it's like you get, you get to a point where this is just an, a, a trash mob in one of the later areas of the game. It can take, like, upwards of 10 minutes just to clear them because they are vulnerable to every single attack bar one member of your party who can actually do the damage they need, and that damage isn't particularly high. And it's usually some sort of... That damage is coming from some sort of ability, which requires MP. So you're spending half the battle just chugging ethers. So whenever you go to the shop, you're buying like 80 ethers just to keep up with the demands uh. of the... Um, yeah, no, it's 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 it can be a real slog and a real pain, which is a pity because there's actually a lot about the game that I really like. I think there's a lot of really sweet, charming elements. I think it looks... I think it looked one of the best looking Switch games I've seen in a while. It is stunning to look at. So maybe one for the traditionalists. Definitely one for the traditionalists because you know, the the characters, while not necessarily all that unique, there's a there's a, there's a familiarity to them that I found rather compelling. You know, you there's not there's not. Um, but again, I keep saying it. They're not breaking new ground. They're just doing certain elements well, right? And while they haven't done aspects of the genre justice, such as you know, the pacing and whatnot. There are elements like the characters forming like actual bonds and friendships over the course of this long and perilous journey. And some of the towns you visit being actually really interesting with some cool problems. There's, I mean, there's one town that has a, it's a bit of a spoiler, but I, uh, who, who cares? It's Bravely Default 2. There's one town you visit that has a, a whole lot of people have gone missing and you're trying to figure out why that is. And you discover that it's some 10-year-old serial killer who is murdering people to take their blood and use it for magical paint <laughs> like what <laughs> what is this huh. what is it's kind of like what i grew up in you today <laughs> basically yes <laughs> like like what what is this? this is such a strange little story but like it's kind of compelling what a swerve yeah straight up it's like i wasn't expecting this but like i'm here for it it's really cool it's kind of weird but like it's it's that sort of stuff it's it's very traditional in it in its in its makeup and i just wish that they had done a better job balancing a lot of those late game stages the early game is fine there's no problems with the early game but like the longer you go on the longer it just goes on and on and on and it becomes a real pain which is a you know from, from the sounds of things uh, bravely default too it sounds like the kind of game that shows you just how far the genre has come over all these years but at the same time it also shows you just why we we fell in love with it in the first place exactly that's actually a perfect way to say it because you can see a lot of the improvements in bravely default too that have come from other games, right? You can see a lot of Dragon Quest XI's DNA in it, which I still say is one of the best JRPGs of all time, if not the best. Hmm. But at the same time, it is just lagging behind in a lot of core areas that make the genre uh, more accessible these days, which is very disappointing because I feel like it it's going to find an audience. I think it's definitely going to find an audience, but it's not going to be a uh, particularly newer audience. It's going to be a lot of older folks who would want something familiar which isn't bad but like it's they're cutting off a large segment of their potential market the other thing i have been playing is telltale batman yes i'm so glad that, that you're jumping into this so i've actually played the first season of telltale batman and i'm actually really glad that we can talk about this because we're getting we're gonna get, this is a three-year-old game we're spoiling it get off my yeah ass. the um, get off my the, ass the morato- we're spoiling it the moratorium is over yeah get off my ass dude we're spoiling this game i don't care who you are i don't care what you do Send me an email. Say, oh, I haven't played it. I don't care. I'm spoiling it for you. I don't care. <laughs> Bad spoilers incoming. Bad spoilers incoming. And, the, okay, this might be a controversial take. This, I think, is one of my favorite Batman stories maybe ever. Oh, fascinating. Season one of Telltale's Batman, I think, has one of the most interesting dynamics for that character. Because, and I realize who I'm talking to. Um, I know you're, <laughs> I know, listen, I, I, have a, I have a fairly deep knowledge of Batman myself, but I know that it, it, it does not um, compare to yours. I don't think there has been a story that has more fundamentally shaken the roots of the character of Batman slash Bruce Wayne than Telltale's Batman. You know, I would actually really agree with you because it's such a fantastic deconstruction of who Bruce Wayne is as a person. I mean, it's less Batman, more Bruce Wayne. Yeah, which is fantastic. And it's achieved by 
taking the the reason he fights right his parents being this the, the these shining lights of hope in this otherwise dark city and showing to Bruce Wayne, oh, actually, no, they were just as big of a part of a problem as everyone else. If not worse, they contributed to a lot of the people you're fighting, a lot of the crime you're seeing, Batman. They're your parents' fault. Like you, oh, you such a paradigm shift. It is, exactly. You totally subvert the reason Batman fights for Gotham, right? By taking away his one, his one hope, his one reason to keep going, which is just, it's genius. It really is such an incredible way to shake up this character that has been going for upwards of 75 years now, right? And we've had some amazing stories about Batman, but, like, there's never been one, I feel, that has just challenged the idea or, or, or Bruce Wayne's idea of himself more than this one. It was, It's fantastic. Yeah, it's so weird because, I mean, that, that whole thing, Bruce Wayne in a dark crime alley, his parents did beneath him a whole bunch of pills on the floor. I mean, that's supposed to be, like, a fixed point in DC Comics continuity. But you break that mm. better than... Bane breaking his back. It's it's, it's yeah, exactly, and that game doesn't get enough love for. It really, really doesn't. It really doesn't. I think it's, it's such a great villain as well. Oh yes, the um, what's it? The the Children of Arkham. Oh, so good. Pulling, I think pulling a lot from a court, like the Court of Owls, have a big Court of Owls feel to them, but obviously not rich overlords of Gotham, more just disgruntled lunatics, lunatics who have been <laughs> yeah, have been, who have been shunned by the city, which is again lunatics with a cause. Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, it's it's Telltale Batman is is exceedingly good. I like everything they do with Penguin. I like what they do with with Harvey Dent. Even the Joker rocks up, and I actually think he's a pretty good Joker. I really enjoy him. Oh, wait till you get to season two, where you actually build that character. Yeah, no, I'm very excited to to see like Joker come to fruition in season two. I the, I haven't played season two yet, so like as someone that's played a bunch of Telltale games, one thing I always hate is like when you do something and like you'll see a bit of text there that says like he will remember that, but nothing really happens. Mm. But I think Telltale Batman Season 2 is the sole exception where you see that your actions genuinely do have an effect on, on Jack before he becomes the Joker. Yeah, that's cool. I really I, I really do want to see that. It's I don't think it's my favorite Telltale game as someone who has played the entirety of Telltale's catalog, inclu- <laughs> including the Minecraft game, which I don't know why I did that, but I did. Listen, I, I, I at one point in time was the biggest fan of Telltale. I, I wanted to write for them. I was going to move to LA and try and write for Telltale Games. I was a, their biggest fan. The news that they shut down in 2018 was genuinely heartbreaking for me. Oh, but um a shot to the gut. Straight up, straight up. I saw my I saw my hopes go up in flames. But the I, I still will die on the hill that the best Telltale game by a country mile is Tales from the Borderlands. Which I have started playing. I know I, I can see this. This is the perfect segue. I know how good is that because <laughs> Man, I've played Tales from Borderlands about four times. I there is something about that game's writing, presentation, characters, everything that are it is so it's so like feel good adventure movie from the eighties for me. It's you know that's the kind of thing because like when Borderlands writing hits, it is absolutely magnificent, and to just have that juxtaposed against a strong narrative where everyone's an asshole, it's it's a perfect storm of ideas. Yeah, no, it's fantastic, and what this game does is. I like I like what Tales of Borderlands does because a lot of the Borderlands games focus a lot on Pandora, right? Except you know, arguably for a pre pre sequel. I really like that this game goes into characters who aren't vault hunters. You know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're playing as Hyperion. You're playing as the main bad guys for Pete's sake. Yeah, and you're playing the two characters are are, are Hyperion middle manager who gets essentially fired and wants revenge on his company. And, and a grifter who's just trying to make it in a world where, like, monsters literally drop guns when you kill them, like, for loot. Like, it's it, that's so interesting. I love that. That's such a cool idea. I, I've got to the point now where uh, Handsome Jack's AI has shown up, and I'm so happy. Oh, about yes. When he gets you the... know how much I love Handsome Jack as a character. And they do they do him well in this game, hey? Like, I don't, I don't want to spoil it, but they... Um, such they, an asshole. He's such a dick. No, I, I won't go into spoilers, but when you get to roughly like episode four or five, like the way they tie up Jack's arc is so satisfying. They really, I, I, wait. I will go, I will die on the, again, I'll die on the hill that tells, tells the Borderlands is the best Borderlands story 
And it's not even a core Borderlands game. Like, it is the best story in that universe. It's fantastic. It's, it's just so nice that it's been given a second shot at life now that it's back on digital stores, now that all the legal mumbo-jumbo has been sorted out. Uh, I'm playing it on Xbox Series X at the moment. Runs like a dream. Some of the visuals are a little bit dated, but the core telltale mechanics, they are right there. They are absolutely shining. Yeah, that's good. How? Who's your favorite character thus far? I like Fiona. Fiona. <laughs> Fiona's rad, dude. I really... So... When Borderlands 3 was announced, I really wanted Fiona to be one of the, like the playable characters. I really wanted that to be a thing. <laughs> I, I do, I do but love now that I'm discovering who Reese is because I mean I, I started playing Borderlands 3 before I played Tales from the Borderlands. Yeah. So all this stuff about his siege mustache or like that's all references to to the actual tales that pops up in Borderlands 3. I'm really starting to appreciate them now. Yeah, no, it's really cool. I think my favorite character is. And you would definitely have encountered him at this point is Loderbot. Oh, Loderbot! <laughs> Loderbot is so good, dude. What a what a what a strangely written character that is just so much fun. I, I kind of feel bad for doing the the self destruct option. Oh, and can I tell you? Can I say he is never going to let you forget that either? <laughs> no, but I just love when he appears. He's like, why is existence suffering? <laughs> <laughs> there, there's one there's there's one part where i think it's in the one of the first episode yeah i think it's the first episode where he he fails to um he, he fails to complete one of his goals and and he just like sort of sadly looks at the camera and goes i am shame <laughs> <laughs> just there's just something so funny about that that tickles me every time i am shame it, it's brilliant because like that <laughs> i think his actual ai is infiltrated inside of borderlands 3 because when you actually go against like other loader bots uh, in, in the Handsome Jackpot DLC. Like, they also just have these weird existential crisis lines the whole time. It's so great. It's, 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 um... it's so funny to see a robot with a midlife crisis. So you told Dinobot to destroy in the first episode. Yes. Did did he actually do it? Yeah. He actually did a damn okay. good job. I, I outfitted him with a shield and a rocket launcher pot. And yeah, he did a damn so good when, job. So when, when I did the first episode, I told Loderbot to uh, self-destruct. But because of one of the earlier decisions, he actually ends up not self-destructing and saving us anyway. And uh, huh. that sort of scene ends up with um, Vaughn and Reese flying away on Loderbot's back. And Vaughn says to Loderbot, that was amazing, bro. I can't believe you did that. Thank you. And Loderbot sort of like lifts a fist up and like fist bumps Vaughn. And Reese goes for the fist bump. <laughs> Loderbot just looks at him and says, no, not you. And puts his <laughs> fist away. <laughs> He's just so salty that you told him to kill himself. <laughs> so this character in video games, honestly. Yeah, straight up, straight up. And I, what I what I love about Telltale is that, you know, you get you get developers like Bioware and Obsidian, right? That yeah. all about they all say yeah, your 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 choices, your choices matter and they'll have an impact, but they don't really feel like they matter in the moment, right? It usually plays out in some sort of slideshow at the end of the game. Yes. Whereas, like, Telltale, there's, like, a set narrative, right? But there, I like being able to see the consequences of my actions instantly, right? I get that. Yeah, I, I can't imagine in a, in, a, in a Bioware game having that kind of interaction with a character and them immediately commenting on it back at me. Whereas Telltale, that happens all the time. That's the point, right? It, it's not so much about the story shifting to your decisions it's about the characters involved in that story shifting in 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 your direction which is fantastic T telltale is basically a choose your own adventure book with the same immediacy of of these actions and the consequences that they've had exactly and i and i and i really do i really do appreciate that but yeah telltale telltale batman telltale tales from the borderlands just go and buy them guys there's the studio's not the studio's not really open anymore so i don't actually know who that money goes to but it's just good work that needs to be appreciated by more people. Something's happening with that IP with those properties. I mean, there is like Telltale that we, we knew it is dead, but there's a new Telltale that's like stepped into to fill the void. It's it's, it's a yeah, weird situation. It's, it's a weird situation. No one actually knows what they're making or what they're producing. What even no one knows what they're doing. It's strange. I think they're basically just handing those IPs. Yeah, they probably are. Who knows? I see you've also been playing the Outriders demo. Yeah, I've I've been I grabbed that. I've I'll be honest. I've only had about say like ninety minutes with it. I've only tried one of the the classes, the one the the uh, pyromancer. Mm. So it's all fire, fire, fire. Yeah, good, very good, very good. It's, uh, it sounds like it suits you. Wonderful. Yeah, it's giving me very late two thousands vibes. It's kind of like what would happen if you took the, the division 
and you mix it with Infernal Hell's Vengeance. Jesus, that's quite a combination. Good Lord. Do you remember Infernal? I do. That Good is, Lord. That is such a two, late 2000s game. It's like, it's, it's the bravely default of late 2000s <laughs> action games. Are we talking Are we talking just purely in terms of aesthetic? You know, maybe but both because like those Eastern European developers which is what developer people can find is they they situate that side of europe i mean they have a very specific mm. art style very specific feel like you know you, they, they love having chunky bullet sponges for you to shoot at characters with weird russian names that you cannot pronounce it's outriders is definitely yes. hitting that style so far everything's grim everything's horrible you're just one bullet away from dying a gruesome death it's it's a very European game. Yeah. So this is this is a looter shooter, right? So what what's the what what is the actual game minute minute gameplay like? Because games like this are obviously built on the the long term and the short term. You're not going to do the long term if the short term isn't enjoyable. So what what is it like to play? Is it fun? Yeah, it's not bad at all. Because the main thing is, is like if you've played the division, you know that you know taking cover, finding your moment to to pick a shot, that kind of thing. That's that's essential. There's the meat and potatoes of this of this gameplay. Take cover, shoot, move ahead. But it's also got a very aggressive style of gunplay and action. It's very push forward. So you, you aren't just hunkering behind some handy concrete that's been put on the battlefield. You're also using a whole bunch of powers that you've unlocked. Uh, there, there's four specific styles. There's the, the Pyromancer, which I've started with. Um, it's basically your, your tank class. I, I can't remember its name. Mm. There's your your trickster class where you can use space and time to you know get in launch some cool attacks and I think there's a class that's just based on gadgets just throwing down turrets and also support tools to to help you out. Okay. So is it you you said the you've said the division twice now is it more the division than destiny yeah. because from what I saw it looked very oh, destiny. Man. So yeah, it's like even if I had to go into that specific aspect of the M game, it's basically the M division if it was made by the Years of War developers, if that okay. makes sense. That does make a lot of sense actually. And of course there's a whole bunch of loot. It's I would say similar to to Destiny uh, also okay. I say action wise it leans closer to Gears of War. Loot wise it leans closer to the division, but without okay. the confusing numbers. It's very simple. You know, there's like this this item gives you fifty power, this item gives you fifty five power. Okay. What do you that's, take? That's so much better. That's just how these games should do it because yeah, when it be- gets bogged down in the little statistics and shit, that that can get in the sea, dude. No one has time. I- I think there are still options to, to like min-max your, your, your character if you really want to dig down into those numbers. But I, I haven't explored enough yet to, to draw a solid conclusion on that. What's the <laughs> what's the what's the writing like? Because and I asked it's a weird thing to ask about this game, I, I know, but people can fly have given me my one of my fa- all-time favorite video game lines in a bullet storm <laughs> when the main character in the middle of a rather traumatic situation, there's a lot of a lot of chaos around him. He sort of looks around at the world collapsing and, and his, his dying AI friend and says, what the dick shit is going on? <laughs> Look, and it's, my, it's one of my favorite lines in any game. <laughs> I remember the other line I left from there was, I will kill your dick. I'm going to kill your dick. I'm going to kill your dick. <laughs> there, were a lot of, there were a lot of references to dicks in that, in that game. Oh, that game just went overboard and I loved it for it. Bulletstorm was fantastic. But yeah, so, so Outriders, are you gonna, do you think you'll continue playing Outriders once the demo uh, ends or, or rather once the game launches on April 1st? I, I'm curious. Like, I'm not having a bad time. It's, I'm definitely having a serviceable time with it. Like, it's really mm. it's really decent. I mean, I, I don't think it's the next coming of Destiny or Borderlands 3, but just as something different to, you know, just get that, sure. that cathartic feeling of doing a few grinds, you know, just powering up, just having some fun, wiping the battlefield clear of any signs of life. It's, it's pretty decent at that. Okay, that's good. What's the what's the what's the movement like? Is it is it still very much? Is it, you're saying it's gears of war? Is it very sort of grounded behind cover? Because that sounds like it get fairly monotonous after a while. Well, like, like like I said, it also depends on what class you you've chosen. So with me as oh, as fair. the pyromancer, I do like to to take cover, and then to just launch my uh, cooldown attacks at them. Oh, sorry, like every attack has a cooldown. But the amazing yes. thing here is that you've got to be aggressive in that game because you're going to take damage, but if you land attacks, you're going to get health back in, at the same time. Okay. So, you know, just having a gungo attitude is a huge benefit in that game. You don't the, want to be in one corner the whole time. Yeah. And the the loot pool, is there a decent, like, spread of weapons, armor, and all that sort of stuff? Uh, so far, I've seen, you know, like, shotguns, hobo pants, uh, sniper rifles. I mean, 
assault rifles. So I mean, all the unusual weapons that you'd expect from a sure. dystopian sci-fi action game set on some planet after Earth has fallen into chaos. Yeah. Well, the hobo pants also fits because it's being made by an Eastern European developer. <laughs> And I, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. I don't want to say. I, I don't. Listen, I don't. I don't want people in in uh, Eastern Europe to think that we're being sort of negative towards them. But man, you guys put a lot of like dirty pants in your games, like a lot of dirty pants. There is a lot of mud in this game. I will say that. Oh, Things really? Are dirty. Everything's dirty. Everything's horrible. Luck. Soap is soap is a premium. It looks very very brown. Dude, that's what I was saying. Late two thousands vibes. Everything is extremely brown. I mean, there are, there are yeah. some pubs with some color, but. Because this is a grim and dark and dirty game, there's a lot of brown. You see, that instantly wants me. Like, I want to play it less now. I like, I want to, <laughs> I want to enjoy what I'm looking at. Right? I don't need to be reminded that the color brown exists in like every shade. You I, know? I, I, I will describe this as Michael Bay's Gears of War. It's okay, okay. Now, now we're big, ex- big, okay. ex- big explosions, lots of cheesy one-liners, two-dimensional characters, but somehow you can't stop watching for some reason. Okay, okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay, <laughs> cool. I can do that. So is that is that all we've been playing? You've been playing nothing else? Nothing else. I've been, well, I mean, I have been playing Destiny 2 with the uh, bounties and stuff in more battlegrounds, but no one wants to hear me go on about that game yet again. No one wants you to hear. Yeah, exactly. It's like me and WandaVision. Everyone is just saying... Until the next season Until starts. Until the next season starts, which is... If it's Destiny, <laughs> it's probably, what, next week at this point? No, it's going to be middle of May. <laughs> I came prepared oh, well. this time. Okay, good job. I'm proud of you, friend. I'm proud of you. <laughs> we also, <clears throat> I'm also very excited to go into... Um, uh, what what we've been watching because you're not allowed to talk about anime for a month. Oh, you win this round, Brad. And it's uh for for folks for folks wondering, this is some deeper this deep critcast canon. In that a few weeks back, I made a bet with Darren that if the EA execs pulled the plug on Anthem, he wasn't allowed to talk about anime for a month. I could have sworn it was a year, but he got me down to a month, so I'm not going to argue with him. <sighs> So therefore, folks, I have saved us all the burden of listening to Darren talk about the time that man was a slime once, <laughs> and that the the demon slaying boy. There was also the one about the person with who could write write on people's faces. That also <laughs> did a thing as well. Yeah, I'm trying to think what other what other animes you've brought, I mean, you've if, brought to if, the show. Yeah, he didn't pull the unplug on, on Anthem. I was going to be talking about basically the, the anime equivalent of it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Okay, well now I feel bad because that actually sounds kind of good. But no, you've got to wait a month before no, I can okay. talk about that. No, it's fine. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to. Uh, I'm. I'm going to enjoy this, this. This victory while I have it. You can tell. You. You know what? When we get back after the next month, we're going to. I'm going to dedicate an entire show to just your anime watchings. Literally, that's we're going to do an entire show, an hour-long show of you just talking about the animes you've been watching over the last month. Okay, but you're not allowed to slit, slit your wrist while I do this. No, 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 no. I won't slit my wrists. I'll slit my throat so it's faster. <laughs> wow. <laughs> But you've been watching something called Good Bad Flicks. Yeah, look, I, I watch a lot of U- YouTube, or I watch a lot of YouTube adverts, and then I watch the stuff on there. Yes, but, as well. uh, sorry, uh, sorry, Darren, actually, good point. Can we d- d- just address this before we go on? How bad have YouTube adverts become lately? You know what? It's, it's not that I mind the infrequency of adverts. I, what I really hate is there's always the exact same adverts. It, it, yes, that is a massive issue with for me as well. But what I've, I've begun, begun to hate more is that a lot of companies are realizing oh shit, most people just skip the adverts, right? So let's just make the adverts five seconds, give them the option to skip it. After five seconds, you're like, well, what's the point? You know, and I have to still sit through your damn adverts. Oh, these adverts are so bad. These adverts are so bad. It's like, like the, there's a reason why I don't listen to FM radio because every time there's an, an air break, I think of yes. jumping off the nearest cliff. And now those freaking marketing assholes have discovered YouTube. So it's just these horrible five, 10 second adverts. Every Can, time I don't know if you, you might have seen this one and I don't know how targeted YouTube's ad, YouTube ads are, but I got an advert for a, it was either a kind of toothpaste or a kind of toothbrush. Like, oh, is it the one with like uh, the, the bleeding gums? Dude, straight up, just like you, you sit down, and you're like, ah, cool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch um one of the one of the giant bomb features, or I'm just gonna watch one of these speedruns in GDQ. Let's see, let, let let's click play, click play, and there's like nice piano music starts playing, and then there's just bleeding gums across your screen, and you're like, what the shit am I looking at? What is this? There was a, a while back, I think it was for um, Disprint. There was a Disprint ever. There was just ten seconds that you couldn't skip of taxis hooting. 
Oh my god. And like, look, I'll give you credit. There's absolutely a genius effort you see once, but you see it every single time I want to play another video, mate. Nah, that sucks, dude. My PC out the window. That sucks. And also, I mean, I have several ad blockers on my on my stuff, and apparently all the YouTube ads just get straight through them now. Like, like it's no yeah. problem. So, like, what, what what are we doing here, folks? What's the point? The, the, the advert is just grinding my gears at the moment. It's this thing called, like, V-Shred with this guy going, why are you doing cardio? Why are you running on a treadmill? Yes. That's never going to work. I'm like, bullshit. That stuff does work. You just want to sell your shitty supplements. Yep. That, I've seen that one several times, and it sucks. It's like, hey, I'm eating a pizza, and I'm not even going for a run. I'm like, fuck you, man. <laughs> Well, there goes our, there goes the one f bomb we're allowed to maintain our PG thirteen rating. Yeah, but I think that one was well. Deserved. No, but it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it because I mean you could say that to nearly every YouTube ad because they all suck. But they're the worst. Anyway, tell me about your thing. We got sidetracked. Right. So good bad flicks is like one of my my favorite channels. It's been going on for for a while. It's just this one guy. He he finds his old obscure horror movies basically or cheesy sci fi things like like that like that. And he's got basically two specific formats. He'll do one which is called the exploring feature, where he really details how these movies were, were, were made, what their box office results were like, their legacy, you know, just how these movies were created. It's just absolutely fascinating to see some obscure movie given this, ama- this amount of attention and love. Mm. And then on the other side, he'll do like a running commentary on like an old cheesy film, like say for 10, 15 minutes. And it's just the, it's just the, the funniest thing to see all these these goofs, these mistakes and hijinks that, that happen with these films. But what I like about this is it's nothing like Cinema Sins, which is oh a God. channel I despise. Cinema Sins is, yeah. is, is the embodiment of what is wrong with YouTube. It's just it's yeah. just pure clickbait distilled into video content. It sucks. It's, it's just pedantic content. It's not. This is the thing, right? It's 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 not even just that it's pedantic it's that most of the time it's wrong like mm. like there, there was an amazing um youtube breakdown by a guy called bob i think i sent you bob's vids in which he yes yeah, yes i watched yeah that. in which he t- he goes he goes in depth about you know how cinemasins became so big and they don't actually care about their content they're just churning it out based on tags and seo that's all that it is right it's a content yeah mode. straight up and there was it was another amazing uh series of videos done by a, a the YouTuber, uh, uh, he does more sort of political commentary videos. His name's Sean, but he did a whole range on um, CinemaSins. And what he did was he was watching the entirety of a CinemaSins video. And whenever they made a sin, he would actually like set time aside to explain why their observation was incorrect and show you evidence in the movie as to like how wrong they were. Right. And it was, it was obvious stuff. If, if you just like, the, the, the sins were being drawn from moments where they had cut like the first five minutes where that explained you know the, the issue they had but because they don't show you that in the video it looks like valid criticism when it's just wrong it's as low as hanging fruit commentary that's what it is and and the worst part about it is that cinema sins i feel gave a whole generation of people the um the confidence to think that they know how to criticize a movie based purely on dumb shit like plot holes. If you're listening to this, plot holes don't matter. Plot holes are, are pointless. They don't... No one cares about a plot hole. Every single movie has a plot hole, if you think hard enough, you know? Just sit down and enjoy the story that's been told to you. You don't need to overthink things. Exactly. And it's it's dumb shit. Like, I, I stand to be correct on this, but CinemaSins might be, the, um, might be the, the, the channel that first propagated that whole thing of, why didn't the eagles just fly the hobbits to Mordor? One, it's just... You can throw that criticism at it, but then you just don't have a story. So what what are we even doing? The second thing is it it it's a sort of criticism that's leveled at Lord of the Rings or the movies in particular that just completely misses the point of it. You know that 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 even if they had flown the the, the ring into Mordor by the eagles, literally Sauron would have seen them from halfway across Middle Earth and they they would have been discovered. They were trying to secretly get it. He's got a big eye for a reason. He's got a big eye for a reason. His eye. His eye is huge, and he can see across all of Middle Earth. So he sees a big eagle. He's gonna say, "What are those eagles doing in Mordor?" I'm gonna shoot them down with my fire eye, you know. <laughs> but yeah, so so good bear flicks. When when this dude, uh, I think his name is Cecil Trachtenberg. Good name. When he does like a, a running commentary on on a film, it's never done from a point of malice or ill intent. He genuinely loves these bad movies. I mean, this is his passion. He's actually done 
two fantastic documentary on the horror movies from the 1980s and 1990s. I think it's called In Search of Darkness. Okay, sure. So it's fascinating. Not like you'll you'll take a film, you'll take like some old Italian zombie movie or whatever, and you'll you'll like have fun with it. You'll you'll show plot holes, yes. You'll show like say, oh look, there's a boom mic, but at the same time, he'll also tell you how that movie was made, and he'll tell you why he loves it so mm. much. And I think that's just such a more valuable criticism and analysis to to do on these flicks. No, it it is, and I I also very much appreciate any kind of content it's it's something that i've sort of taken to heart um the more i've been on the internet and, and the more i've been sort of for want of a better word creating content for the internet right mm. is that there's not enough pointless enthusiasm right there's always like enthusiasm enthusiasm for something for a reason and mm. like that I, I like just getting excited about stuff even if it's bad even if it's like really really bad just if you'd like something, say you like something and tell me why. I want to understand why you like it. Yeah. If, if, I would rather I would rather know why someone is like a big fan of some trash film than hear someone go on and on and on about how amazing this latest Oscar winner was, you know? You know, I will never be ashamed about them things that I like. I mean, I love cosplay. I love collecting toys. You know, I love watching old sci-fi movies they are just fun i love it yeah and that's what's one of the things i value about you darren as a person that you don't hide those things you know Aww. it's 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 good we need more people like you like that who 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 just who don't mind sharing their love for things i i appreciate that yeah i, I value you on fresh organs that match my uh, blood type. thank you i've been i've been working on the blood type it's been a lot of long process <laughs> I've, been, I've been swapping out blood um fairly often or maybe like once or twice a week I'm glad that I got my I changed my blood type to match yours. It's it's, it's it was a long. I, I will say with good bad flicks. If you want to see like a prime example of this dude at his best, look at his exploring video on the 1995 Mortal Kombat movie. It's just okay. it's like about 40 minutes or so, but it's just so fascinating, so entertaining to see him going in, into the, this film. Mm. I'm looking at his channel now, and I actually think I'm going to give this. This is like my sort of content. I'm going to give this a shot tonight. And you can see his hits. Like he's got like some healthy hits, like say twenty thousand year, forty thousand year. But it just it boggles my my mind that he's not bigger because he's just pure undiluted passion. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I'm seeing some of his views here. They're getting, he's getting up to five hundred and seventy thousand on some vids. And he's got a great voice. Oh, does he? That's good. Yeah, unlike me. Yeah, unlike either of us. Who thought that, who thought that was a good idea for us to start a podcast? Two people that sound like we've been sucking helium for the past thirty years. Maybe we should just like like have all our, our lines transcribed and we use like one of those AI bots. It's like, hello, Brad, welcome to the Crad Cast. <laughs> Give me a second. But I'm yeah, just, that's, that's what I've been watching. Gonna quickly download that translation bot. Give me one hot second. Are <laughs> you freaking doing it? Well, no, I'm not going to actually do it because do you have any idea what a pain that would be to edit? Good God. <laughs> Talking about, uh, trying to think if I can segue. segue. It's talking about okay, talking about passion and an undying passion for the things we love. An undying flame of passion. Undying flame of passion in these uh these. If you only you could bend. I know. If only I could bend it. We got the best news I've heard in a very very long time today, that the Avatar, the Legend of Avatar, uh, Legend of Aang, Legend of Korra. That whole franchise is getting its own dedicated studio by Nickelodeon, headed up by the original showrunners to continue creating content for that universe. I'm talking series. A- I'm talking movies. I'm talking probably more comic books. Maybe a game. Who knows? I don't know. All I know is I'm just so pleased to get more content because, man, I just finished Legend of Aang for probably about the 10th time, and I still cry <laughs> every single... It, Dude, that show breaks me every time. Man, it's about damn time that Nickelodeon put more effort into Avatar. It really is, because it is unquestionably the best thing they've ever done. And, you know, when Legend of Korra was coming out and the, the creators, whose names I can never pronounce, you know, they, they, they wanted to take take this series that started off as, as a, a relatively child-friendly show and grow it up with its audience. They were like, no, 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 you can't do that. And they kicked them from the... I mean, you're sure, I'm sure you know this. They kicked them from the network and, and forced them to show the episodes online only for a more mature audience, which obviously... Oh, I did not yeah, know that. Because, you know, it happened roughly about halfway through season three of Korra because uh, that was the first time a character, like, dies on screen. Oh, I remember. Yeah. I remember that with Korra. Yeah, yes. but... I thought you were talking about that Aang. No, 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 no. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about Korra. Aang went all the way through... Okay. Uh, but yeah, Cora, right. they, they, they forced it off the network onto online, which killed its numbers. 
basically giving them an excuse to just not green light another series even though when i heard they didn't exactly have any plans to do anything at that point wasn't legend of Korra supposed to only be one season to to begin it with? was meant to be one season but then it was so well regarded and so well you know everyone loved it that they went and made um, another another three seasons which i mean of course of course of course that's how, that, that's how you do it which i don't mind i think season two is the weakest season three and four are incredible my boy Bolin. Boy, your boy Bolin. You, you, and the let, best let's, villain. Let's talk about what you get. You get you get your boy Bolin. You get your boy Zahir, who is just cool. Damn he's right. Cool. He's just rad. He's just cool. And he's all about like flight and like an actual really interesting idea of what um, like anarchism means. It's not just burning things and throwing molotovs. It's about elevating yourself above society rather than bringing society he's around you. He's voiced by Henry Rollins of Black Flag for Pete's sake. I know. How good is that? What a what a cast. <sighs> who else? You got, you, you got a mon in the first season who really just challenges not only the entire world of Avatar, but challenges you as an audience member to think, hey... Maybe it's not great that I continually just always like the benders and all the other people I kind of see as weaker. That's not great, actually. If I if I look do some introspection, that oh man, Legend of Korra is amazing, and 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 Legend of Ava, Legend of Ang as well is just what, one of the one of the announcements was obviously that they're going to make a dedicated full length animated film set in that universe. So I'm going to ask you, Brad, which mm. Avatar do you want to see given that treatment? Ooh. So we've already seen. Oh, that's a big one. That's a big one. That's a big one. Uh, I mean, we've already seen a lot of Roku. Um, Roku is a. Uh, oh, his story's done. Yeah, his story's basically done. You see his story uh, there um, through throughout um, season three of uh, Legend of Aang. One uh, Avatar one story absolutely broke me at the end. I mean, there's like just oh, dude, I'm, I'm, that's one of the few times I actually feel emotions. It's Which like you that? see like him at the end of his life. Avatar one, the, the first Avatar. Oh, the first Avatar, the very first Avatar. Yes, where he's yes, like yes. he's laying there on the battlefield. He's on the verge of death. He's like, I'm sorry, I failed. Oh, I know, that's awful. Oh, every time it hits me in the weird organs that produce emotions. Of course, of course, I know, and, and I know that doesn't happen for you often, Darren. That doesn't happen for you very no. often. So, I mean, uh, Kiyoshi would be interesting because Kiyoshi was very much unlike Aang in that she was just like, yeah, if you got to murder, you got to murder. You might as well just murder, you know, who cares? Kiyoshi and her big feet. Damn big feet. I think the (laughs) avatar I would like to see most uh, adapted into a film was maybe, if I'm remembering his name correctly, I think it's Kuruk, who was Mm -hmm. the, um, he was the guy who, whose lover was, taken stolen by the face dealer and who, oh yes i remember that yeah and he basically it, it's expanded on in, in later in later sort of canon in the comics and whatnot you know he becomes a kind of a reclu- a, a, a drunken recluse he just spends his entire life drinking himself into an early grave just because he was so disappointed by the loss of his lover but at the same time he was Aww. doing it he was doing it to keep up the sort of Weird facade for reasons I'm not going to spoil because it is a really interesting, cool reveal, and you should I'm gonna go, go check go it out. Check my, my my Dark Horse comics subscription I, right now, just, just to find that. I think it was elaborated on in a comic. I'm not sure. I need to confirm that. I just remember the, hearing some amazing stories about Avatar Kuruk. Um, so you, you look that up. That would be the one I would love to focus oh, on more. But uh, who, who knows where they go? I'm just so pleased to get more, and maybe. It, Maybe it means we can finally uh, throw the shackles of M. Night Shyamalan's film off, finally. It never happened, dude. I don't know what you're talking about. That's a good point. There's no war in Barsing, say. You're right. There's no war in Barsing, say. <laughs> Everything is fine. Everything is fine. There's no war in Barsing, say. <laughs> so, after that, let, I'm one, we can talk about Pokemon 25. I think I talked about that last because that was kind of the freshest and biggest piece of news. Let's just quickly right. run through, running out of time a little bit. Let's quickly run through okay. the um, the state of play. What happened? Just I, I want you state of play, PlayStation state of play happened earlier this week. What are the two? All right. What are two or three things that you thought were coolest? All right. Well, let's just go with okay. Let's. I will start with Sifu from the guys that made Absolver, which looks like this amazing yes. action game where every time you get your ass kicked, you age by by ten years. I mean, that's that's what I'm getting from the trailer. That's pretty good. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, you, you you're basically being like they're, they're, you're fighting guys that have age increasing punches that you throw at you. I think that's how. It I works. think that's how it works. I think that's how. If I mean, if you do any sort of martial arts, that's what they teach you at a yellow belt level. There was also uh, Five Nights at Freddy's security breach. I don't know if anyone's into that, but I I mean, who cares? I did see them one screenshot of a vaguely sexy animatronic furry. So I can only imagine how much Rule Thirty Four art has been made in the last oh, two man. days since that was announced. Did you hear the Tumblr service crashed? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kena and the Bridge of Spirits continues to look fantastic and it's got a new re- re- release date it's no longer coming out next month but it's coming out in August 21 August unfortunately yes but like man that game looks beautiful hey good lord oh yeah there's a new trailer for, for Death Loop which I am so excited for I think that game mm. is just going to sell me I mean if you, yeah, if you played Dishonored you know exactly what you're in for 100% but um, the- then you also got uh, you also got Returnal which looked this continues to look fantastic. It, it, dumb name, say, but like cool looking game. It, it looks as fantastic as its name is stupid. Yeah, it's a dumb name. Listen, Darren, you like Revengeance, so I don't know what to tell you there, friend. I don't know, but the thing is, Re- Revengeance sounds cool in a cheesy way. Returnal sounds like some kind of blood pressure tablet that you're supposed to take in the morning and, <laughs> and at fair, night. That's fair. That's a good point. Solar Ash, also, the last thing I wanted to point out was Solar Ash from the guys who did Hyperlight Drifter. That's my, that was my biggest thing because, man, Hyperlight yeah. Drifter is one of my favorites. Oh, and just aesthetically, it's already looking like a masterpiece. Yeah, no, I'm very excited for Solar Ash. I think that might have been the first time we actually saw gameplay of it. Yeah, so I'm the, not sure. the, the uh, big main event that happened at State of Play was Final Fantasy VII Remake is getting a PS5 upgrade in June. Yay, that's good. When is it coming to PC? <laughs> I don't know, but this one's going to be called, and brace yourself, a Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate, which Jeez. is, you know, just Kingdom Hearts level of silly. Yeah, they got, they they, they knocked on Kingdom, because it's Square Enix, they just went down the corridor, yeah. and they knocked on Kingdom Hearts' door, and they're like, hey, what are your name? And you just put it in your machine. They put it in the machine. And they you know, sat around. What, what, what have you got for us? How about... <laughs> Sorry, what's the word? I've literally already forgotten what it is. so dumb. <laughs> integrate. How about integrate? Sure, they'll fine. We'll take integrate. Uh, sure. Uh, I can just picture Tetsuya Nomura sitting in another office. And then all of a sudden, his Final Fantasy senses go off. He's like, he's running down the passageway. He's like, oh, no. It's happening again. It's happening again. Not again. It's happening again. Watch the next. The next like DLC is gonna be uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate Birth by three six five two by over two days. Point three. Point three. That's gonna be the name. But yeah, this upgrade's looking really nice. It's got like all the nice, you know, better visual effects, higher frame rates, faster load times, improved textures, all that. And the big thing is, there's going to be a, a whole new episode of content starring Yuffie. Woo. Yay! I'm not, I'm not familiar with her at all. I, don't, I mean, Final uh, Fantasy VII remakes my taste. I've never, I've never played Final Fantasy VII. I don't know. I know, I know who Cloud <laughs> is, and I know who Sephiroth is because I've been on the internet the, the past ten years. The the um, catch here is that if you bought Final Fantasy VII remake then you'll get this upgrade for free but the the yuffie episode it's uh it's gonna cost you 10 bucks pal you're gonna have to 10 bucks up. isn't bad well, i suppose it depends on how much content is no, in it's it not too bad. 10 bucks isn't terrible oh it looks to be like a pretty meaty thing and uh, the other catch though is that final fantasy 7 ff7 remake is going to be a freebie for for march on ps plus okay. but if you grab that version, it's not eligible for the PS5 upgrade. You'll still have to pay the, the full price for that. Oh, that's a bit cheeky. That's a bit cheeky. No, a bit I cheeky. mean, they've got, look, here's the thing. It's, even if you um, don't get that upgrade, it's still a fantastic looking game. I that's mean, true. I, I played it on my base PS4 and I cannot believe that this was a current gen, an old gen game at this point. It looked next gen. I assume you had to take your, your PlayStation to therapy just to console it for the um just the <laughs> just to console make sure that it was ment- mentally and emotionally okay with it trying to run that kind of game because man i can imagine it was not pleased no it was like sending my calls like darren i can't do this i'm building i was like shut up i've got a review embargo on this you will run this damn game or you will die you will die that's it that's just it um so we also stayed to play in a nutshell that was very good um i feel like people were a little bit ex- a little bit disappointed but i mean I mean, at this point, there's going to, at some point, a publisher's going to hold the massive press conference that's actually going to be 
what people want. <laughs> we will wonder having an E3 again. We will wonder having an E3 again. When, when was the last time you saw a press conference that actually just wowed your socks off? Uh, hmm, probably 20... The, the last time I got super, super, like, more stoked at a press conference, right, was in mm. 2018 when Bethesda got into the stage and they kicked their entire press conference off with that um very low bassy guitar riff from uh doom doom 20, 2016 <sighs> and they opened with that trailer of doom eternal like oh, make golden baby oh man and it got me so hype like that that was the last time i got truly so so excited at a press conference because then the rest of the press conference was kind of weird i think that was also the year they announced um Rage 2 with Andrew WK on stage making a lot of doing a lot of <laughs> body, noise. Body, body. Yeah, it's doing a lot of noise on the stage. And every and they also have one tit that just keeps yelling the whole yeah, time. Yeah, there's just there's always like one Bethesda yeah there's guy. One, woo! Oh, I love that guy. He, he's he's there you to know, carry the show. He's there to carry Todd the show. Howard, Todd Howard came out and was like, guys, I'm sorry, my uh, my, my wife just died. Woo! Nice, <laughs> yay! Yay! Nice. Sorry guys, we just gotta I'll let you know that um, Bethesda's closing down. Thousands of people are losing their jobs. Whoa, nice one! Woohoo! Good yeah, one. I want free stuff. Steve, could you not? I oh, know, could you not? Not this time. Read the room, Steve. Not this time, Steve. Not this time. Woo! No stress, buddy! No problem! I'll turn it down! Yeah! Woohoo! Steve, could you. Seriously, this is just. This is not. Oh, sorry, sorry. And uh, <laughs> Todd Howard sort of like gets into the stands and says. Steve, you're one of the ones that, that have been fired. I'm sorry, but I don't know what to tell you, but your performance over the years, it's been very inconsistent. I understand that you've been very passionate and you've wooed a lot of things for us when no one else did, but you've taken your eye off the ball. I mean, why did you woo what I just said right now? Why did you do that? You're gone, Steve. Sorry. Plus, Ric Flair's suing us. And Ric Flair's suing us, and it's your fault. Breach Steve. of woo. It's, breach of the, it's the breach of the woo, dude. You, you, I can't, you've, you've done this. This is your fault. The entire company has fallen on its back and rolled over to die because you couldn't keep your woos in your pants. And quite frankly, <laughs> I, and quite frankly, myself, Todd Howard, I've never been more disappointed in a person than I am with you right now. My son, my, my son Steve. <laughs> I love how into this you are. <laughs> you gotta you got you gotta build an extended cannon, right? There's an extended can cannon around uh oh. <laughs> around around Bethesda that I, I like to delve I'm into. I'm telling you now that the um, Crit Cost Cinematic Universe is gonna be wild. It is gonna stories. be huge. We're gonna we, uh. we, we, we're gonna we're gonna stick it to Marvel. We're hot off the news as well that Pokemon uh, had a big they had a big well, it was a twenty minute sort of showcase yesterday showing off their new games. And they look, it's a combination of both, oh my god, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen, and also, what the hell am I looking at? Yeah, okay, let's, let's start. All right, the, the first announcement shown in yesterday's Pokemon Direct was, you know, just a confirmation Pokemon Snap is still coming. You know, it's an on rails Pokemon Safari. You're going around, you're getting cool snapshots of, of the creatures, of the critters, of the pocket monsters. It looks fun, it looks like a nice diversion. You know what? I'm. So I am excited. so keen for that. I I love taking photos. Photos are awesome. So excited. Oh yeah. I'm so so keen on on Pokemon. I never played the original Pokemon Snap, so I'm more than stoked to. Uh, I wonder give if the N64 go. ever made it into this country. I don't know if it did. I've never seen an N64 in person, actually. Same here. It's so weird. I've never I've never seen one. I've never held one, touched it, licked it. You know, it's it's weird. Yeah, as 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 you do, you need it because you need to lick all Nintendo devices just to make sure that they don't. You actually need to mark your property that, as well. But also, you know, there's that rumor that Nintendo puts like a weird coat of, I don't know polish or something that tastes really bad so you don't so that people don't eat their I, I have tasted that on the Nintendo Switch. Of course you have, you utter monster. I, I hate you. Utter monster. Of course you And have. I've got to tell you that that cartridge tastes freaking awful. It is no hyperbole in you. That is the worst tasting thing I've ever put in my in my mouth and I've eaten avocado. Seriously. And now I kinda of wanna do it. Did, did the did the cartridge still work afterwards? Yes it did I mean, because I imagine you to ha I imagine you to have a very sort of a, a, a wet mouth. I think you have a wet mouth, I just, Darren. I don't know what to tell. I don't know how to tell you this, Darren. But in, in my head, when I imagine you, I think you got a wet mouth. Yeah, yeah. So, and, I, and I'm. <laughs> I mean, I, I hate to build up some s s saliva so I can mix in all those juices from the cartridge properly in my mouth. But I just yes, put the course, uh, tip in. You know, I just tried that. Um, it's on the um, plastic gonna... shell itself. 
Oh, lovely. Oh, good. That's good. I'm pleased. I'm pleased so, you know, it. find one of your Nintendo Switch cards. Just place it, it on, on, on your tongue. And then I'm warning you, it is revolting. You will just be taken aback okay. at just I'm how very, disgusting it tastes. I'm very, very keen on this. I'm going to try this when we're done here. Actually, you know what? I'm going to do it right now. Give me if, a second. If you got a card. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go get a card right now. I'm going to do it right now. Give me a second. Here we go, folks. The crit cost is bringing you the consumer advice that you've been dying for. Okay, I've got, I've got in my possession, the Nintendo Switch cartridge for Super Mario Party. Are you sure you want to uh, do this? It's not going to be a Super Mario Party in your mouth. No, 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 no. I, I chose Super Mario Party because I figured out if I if I do end up destroying this cartridge, nothing of value is going to be lost. <laughs> All right, I'm going to keep quiet. Okay. Go for it. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> What did I say? Oh my god. Oh my yeah. That's disgusting. It's Switch Kitchen Nightmares, that's what it is. That is awful. That's that is vile. <laughs> what do they do to this shit? Well, this is he stopped children from, from eating it. I mean that I just I, I don't know if there's a problem with, with children like rampant children running around shoving 3DS carts in their mouth, but you get what, what Nintendo's doing here. It's still, it's still in my mouth. I can't get it out. I know, right? It's, it's going to linger for, for a while. Once again, once again, su- like a cranberry yeah. song. Once again, Super Mario Party has hurt me in ways that I can't describe. <laughs> Disappointment in more than oh one way. Oh my God, that's awful. That's disgusting. I know. This, you know what? Like, if, if you ever need to like torture someone, this is like the best way to do it. You don't play Russian roulette with them. You give them a Nintendo Switch card and you say, I'm going to stick this in your mouth unless you give me this launch it's codes. It's all over my lips now. Whenever I try like, like lick my lips, I still have the taste of it on there. It's not going anywhere. It's just there. Well, <laughs> well I did warn you. Oh my God. I'm... I'm I need a. St- <laughs> this is awful. I don't know how to process what is going on in my mouth. I've never experienced a taste like this in my mouth. It's like it's like someone like microwaved bubble gum and like just took out all the flavor, but and inserted like like cartridge like like printer cartridges, you know, like ink into it. That's what it tastes like. It's like tasting nail polish. It, it's straight up like tasting nail. That's probably exactly what they put on the fucking thing. <laughs> I'm angry now. I'm, I'm going. I'm going through the stages of of like. Of, of of grief and like I'm angry now because that is disgusting. You, how do they how do they ship those? We bargaining. <laughs> I, listen, I'll do anything to have the, the taste of not a Nintendo Switch cartridge in my mouth. Uh, should I should I maybe talk about one of the other Pokemon announcements while while you try to get the? Please t- continue. Please continue. So, I'm gonna be wiping my tongue. I'm wiping my tongue with my, my what, mouth. My what, what came after the the Pokemon Step trailer was you know confirmation that the worst Pokemon generation is getting a remake and so. it looks awful. <laughs> It absolutely does. Pokemon Pearl and Pokemon Diamond is being remade as Pokemon Shining Pearl and Pokemon Brilliant Diamond. Sure, why not? Like, which, if I remember correctly, took place in the Sino. Yeah, region, I always pronounce the Sino. I don't know. It was just an. Look, I'm not gonna say it was an awful Pokemon game. It was just a very disappointing one when it came out. I mean, this was the the first proper Pokemon generational game mm. on the Nintendo DS in 2007. Yes, it was. Yeah. If I it was it, it, it's like. The biggest problem with those that generation was it was so drawn out. It was so badly paced. Like it took forever to get anywhere. You know, mm, and it, and it did fire type Pokemon so. Dirty. And it did fire type. I know you you're very passionate about this. This is a cause that's close to your heart. They did fire type Pokemon very dirty. I know there were hardly any fire types to, to, to grab in that game. I hated it. Yeah, this was this was it wasn't good. It wasn't but good. But what also wasn't enamored with was just how how safe that game played. It was such a paint by, by numbers Pokemon yeah. experience. Like a good Pokemon generation is one that at least tries to to add a few different things. Like. Uh, mm. Pokemon Black and White, that came after that. And on a narrative level, it actually asked hard questions. Yeah, and it was very good. Uh, that's one of my favorite. That's probably is my favorite generation is Black and White. On, on a mechanical level, it was it made Pokemon feel fresh again. It knew that, you know, you had to start this experience encountering new Pokemon. It gave you these absolutely massive vistas to explore. Mm. It looked colorful. Oh, and it had some of Junichi Masuda's best, best music as up. well. Straight up had some of the best music. And then you have something like Pokemon X and Y, the, the first Pokemon game on the Nintendo 3DS, which threw in those mega ev- evolution. Mm. Okay, well, beyond, beyond, and and the fact that it was like all 3D, like everything. Yeah. What, what, that, that was a massive thing for Pokemon at that and time. And that 3D style is absolutely one of my, my favorites of the, it's like my favorite blend of traditional Pokemon chibi art style yeah. with more modern uh, ideas. 
And now you've got, you know, freaking Shining Claw and Brilliant Diamond, which just has this really weird, ugly they look style. Like, they look like Roblox. Do you know that? They look like the characters in Roblox. <laughs> I just don't... When you get into battles and the actual the actual models of the characters and the Pokemon look fine. Yeah, that looks fine. That looks closer to, to Sword and yeah, Shield. Yeah, well, the quality looks, still looks a little bit lower than Sword and Shield. But like when you, but it's not even being developed by a Game Freak. It's the I, ILCA was handing on yeah. that. Uh, I'm just trying... They did something else with Pokemon. I cannot remember the. Did moment. they not do ca- uh, the pa- cafe mix? No, no. What what is you know positive is that Junichi Masuda, who, who did oversee Pearl and Diamond, he is overseeing this project as well. Mm. And you yeah. know, I just hope he's learned a few lessons along the way. Yeah, that that's kind of what I hope. I, I hope they don't make it too faithful, and I hope they sort of change it up a little bit. Yeah, mix so it up a it, bit. It's improved. Yeah, like if there if there was ever a game to try and improve with a remake this would be the one i think yeah and then lastly what was announced was pokemon legends arceus yeah and that looks goddamn incredible what i think that's that gonna blew be, um, my mind when i saw it like i don't think that's gonna be our that's obviously not our main generational pokemon game that's, that's reserved for whatever comes next like i oh, know pokemon mustard tomato sauce yes of course but um yeah th- this one's pokemon place pokemon like, capitalism yeah. and communism is what i'm hoping for <laughs> uh this was taking place also in the sino region but like centuries before everything actually kicked off yeah it looks it, it's so easy to say it's about like so many open world games these days but it looks very breath of the wild and not, not maybe not in terms of its mechanics but in terms of its its aesthetic it looks very breath of the wild apparently uh game freak who, who is working on this one they want to try some some different ideas with it but i don't know they, they haven't exactly announced what they are they are doing and apparently one of the other things you can do is you can chuck your pokemon directly at another wild pokemon which is neat but i don't know if that really shakes up the formula all that much no i don't i don't think it will i think it comes down to how you, how they implement those systems you know you know so imagine sword and shield right the yeah what are they called the wild zone the wild area yeah if that entire thing is the game because they make a, they make a big deal of the it sounds like the point of the game is going to be making sino's first pokedex and you know they're, they're, there's going to be battling and whatnot involved obviously they show that in the trailer but it kind of sounds like you're not going to be doing all the gym things it kind of sounds like it's going to be a game focused on running around catching Pokemon in that sort of open world environment, which I don't mind at all. I think it's cool. I'll do that. I mean, like the origin of the species. That's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, kind of. The, the old Pokemon ball designs are weird, though. Yeah, apparently if you put them close to your ears, you can still hear them scream inside. <laughs> <laughs> I saw on Reddit that uh, if you if you look at one of those ancient Pokeballs and you flip it upside down, the latch looks like it looks exactly like one of the uh, Among Us characters. Oh, I'm gonna have to look that up now. I have to see. Look it up. It's 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 very funny. I I had a good chuckle at that. Like, Sounds pretty sus. Yeah, it's super super sus, dude. But no, that was that was a very cool little announcement from uh, Pokemon, the Pokemon company yesterday. Plus, plus you're on the hunt for, for God. <laughs> yeah, you are hunting for God in that game. But I mean, basically every Pokemon game eventually turns into you. I'm going to catch God. So. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just amazing how people don't realize that the entirety of reality comes down to one Pokemon. Yeah, it's... Mm. Which you can catch and shove in a ball and take around with you and enslave. Like, you can sure. Enslave like, God. Sure, why not? Like, at, at, that, at, what point, at what point do you think to yourself, maybe I'm not doing the world a favor. Maybe... What, what? Maybe... <laughs> I'm the very best, but what did you it know, cost? I mean, look, it might just be me, but maybe a 12-year-old shouldn't have the primordial forces of the universe in his pocket. No, probably not, hey? Because what ha- what happens when when they they lose a Fortnite game, you know? <laughs> then they just go and then they just ask Arceus to go and unmake the person that beat them. You know, Rewrite like, reality just for the pettiest of reasons. And I think that is going to uh, wrap us up uh, for this week's show of the Critcast. That was a brief rundown of everything we've been playing, everything we've been reading. In terms of the news, in terms of announcements, we hope that you had fun um, sitting with us uh, this morning. Well, for us, it's a morning. And uh, just hanging out and, and, and talking shit because we, we enjoy it quite a bit. If you did happen to enjoy the show, please do us a solid and you know, give us a follow. And we'll you know, you'll get, uh, get the episodes as they release on Tuesdays. You can also follow us over on Twitter, criticalhit.net, Facebook, and all that sort of good stuff as well. And uh, you can also check the Critical Hit website, criticalhit.net. Just plug it into Google and you'll be taken to a wonderful little website where many, many good people spend many hours creating some fantastic content for you to consume. Darren, anything you want to you wanna sign off with? Yeah, you know, uh, I think the only thing I want to say is 
They call them fingers, but have you ever seen them fing? God, I hate you. I hate you. I, I hate you so much. Oh, the feelings mutual, buddy. The feelings so mutual. Goodbye, folks. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.